Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein. And Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got a, another great episode for you. Uh, we'll get into the NBA trade deadline news, uh, some new legislation. Uh, but first, of course, we have to start with the big game, the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs come out on top in a, in a high-scoring affair. Um, I know just reading some stuff, the, the sports books, of course, won as uh, majority of the money were on the Eagles. However, uh, some betters did very nicely in the high-scoring game. Uh, you know, obviously people love to bet the overs and the yeses. So, uh, you know, having multiple different players score touchdowns, um, you know, was, was definitely beneficial to some betters. But uh, sports books will still be in business. They're not, they're not going out. Uh, the betters didn't uh, bankrupt, uh, bankrupt them. But uh, I thought first we would start with just talking about the, the, the playing surface, which um, obviously was brought up on telecast, but I feel like almost is not a big enough story uh, for, for how much people were slipping. I mean, kickers, quarterbacks. I mean, there's even a uh, – when Pacheco scored a touchdown, he tried to, like, uh, break out the, uh, the, like, the little Uzi Vert dance and, like, slipped trying to, break, trying to just dance in the end zone. It wasn't even just, like uh, – general things in in the field of play um you know the uh the eagles offensive lineman jordan mailata said quote it was like playing on a water park um the nfl spent two years in eight hundred thousand dollars growing this field and they chose this particular grass uh because they thought it would hold up better during a week's worth of rehearsals and festivities and just you know a lot of people way more than normal people walking on the grass uh beforehand um but how how did they get it so wrong? Because clearly something went wrong along the way. I, I just failed to understand how we're still having grass issues in 2023. Like we are building $5 billion stadiums. I think that's what SoFi cost. Cost $5 billion. And like SoFi was good. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to yeah. throw SoFi under the bus because last year's Super Bowl, the service was fine. But like we're spending many billions of dollars on stadiums that we kill, still can't figure out the grass. Like it's laughable. So I just, I, I yeah. Well, SoFi is turf. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't roll out grass. Um, obviously Allegiant, they do roll out grass. Um, and then of course, State Farm, the game on Sunday, they did roll out grass. So um, yeah, it's just, it's, I, I fail to understand how we're still having this issue. Um, both teams had to deal with it, but it did seem like the Eagles, you know, Hassan Reddick had some slips. I didn't, I didn't notice that Maialata was slipping, but, um, you know, both teams had to deal with it. But, you know, and then, of course, Jake Elliott basically, like, ate it on, on a kickoff. Um, so, yeah, tons of errors. And um, I just <laughs> layer that on to the officiating, which I'm sure we'll get to, like, just – they're, the NFL just keeps shooting, shooting some, themselves in the foot, and the players, you know, at what point do the players just throw their hands up and be like, let me just go play baseball or something? Yeah, and so, you know, there's been complaints by players about turf, right, um, not being not being safe. Uh, it's funny, uh, the, the, the next World Cup is going to be played in a bunch of different NFL stadiums, and for that event, they are going to be ripping up turf and putting in grass. Uh, and a lot of these stadiums for that event. And like, uh, there was some NFL kicker that was like, so we can do that for the world cup, but we can't do that for NFL. Right. Um, but 
it just seems yeah so so avoidable. Um, I I just don't know who to blame because and like apparently the guy in charge of it is this like ninety four year old man who they call the sod father, and he's like been in charge of every Super Bowl field ever and like World Series and Pro Bowls and like he said it was one some of the best grass he's ever seen. Clearly that was incorrect. I don't want to blame him. Is, is it the, what they chose? And then the people who created this grass, like out of Oklahoma State, they were quoted today being like, don't blame us. We're just the base layer. The Eagles actually use our base layer at their home stadium, and it's fine. So, like, I just, who, you know, maybe I'm just, I don't need to blame anyone, but I feel like someone needs to be blamed for, for totally. this. Maybe, maybe it was the paint. Like, they had paint all over the field. Okay. Um, totally agree with you. Uh, didn't know as uh, Oklahoma State guys. I'd also have, have sodded the link. Um yeah, and I did see that. Stuff. Well, it was it was it was the grass, the base. This grass called Tahoma Thirty One. I, I I read about this. The, it, it was developed at Oklahoma State, funded by the U.S. Golf Association. So really, it was like almost like it was made for golf originally. Okay, um, which is ironic because waste management. I was at waste management on Thursday and Saturday, the most attended golf tournament in, in the world, and the grass looked stunning. Like it looked perfectly manicured. So like you would think that we could just use the same. It's like twenty minutes away from each other. The two, the TPC Scottsdale and State Farm. You'd think we could just transfer that grass over there, and we're all good, and we can play a clean Super Bowl. But um. That quickly on the sods maker point, I did see that on Saturday. I'm like, so we're leaving it up to a 95 year old guy who's going to decide a game that has billions of dollars hanging on it. Like that seems a bit uh, less than stellar. So yeah, I did see that sods maker story. That old guy seemed a little bit um, suboptimal. Yeah, uh, sod father, um, but he. He has done it for a lot of years, but uh, yeah, agreed. But I think we've we've reached the uh, conclusion of grass talk. Uh, we've maxed out on, on the grass talk uh, for the, for this episode. Um, but let's switch to to the officiating. Uh, and you, you, what you th- you thought was worse that you thought was, you thought was pretty bad. I mean, yes, that that holding call at the end was was ticky tack. But Bradbury even said at the game he was like, yeah, that was a hold. I was just hoping I could get away with it. Uh, and I will say what I said again after the Chiefs Bengals game, which is. Yeah, it wasn't great, but guess what? That's that's what that's what NFL officiating has come to when you have thirty-five camera angles of something in slow motion. Like there's going to be things, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, I feel like it, it it was no better or worse than than any of the other games I've watched recently. Yeah, yeah. So to me, the question becomes: Should we? And it was a bunch of chatter on Twitter about this last night. Like, should we have situational officiating? Like. Okay, on the first drive of the game, if Mahomes had thrown a 12-yard pass and had missed, um, who, who got held? Was it Pacheco? I forgot who got held. Uh, but and, 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 yeah, in the fourth quarter? At the end of, yeah. Yeah, Ju- uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju. You know, if Juju had gotten held in, in early in the first quarter and Mahomes had, like, just missed him, like, okay, flag it. Well, in this situation, ball was uncatchable, A, and I get it's defensive holding, it's not pass interference. I get that, different penalty. But, like, to me, the question is, should we have situational officiating, meaning minute 57 left on the clock, penalty literally is going to give the Chiefs a new set of downs and have them win the game, just decided the game. I I just don't think you throw the flag there. Like, I agree, was it holding? 100% yes, I get that. But, like, ball wasn't even close to 
uh, being completed. I get it different between uh, DPI and, and defensive holding, but like, it's just at the end in that situation, like just keep the flag in your pocket. And I get why, why Olsen was so upset. I was literally saying the exact same thing to a couple of people I was watching the game with. Like, it's just, it, it, it's a question of situational officiating. So, um, you know, my opinion, we should have it. Do we have rules drawn up? Is the next question for it. Like you don't throw the flag in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. You do throw the flag in the first quarter with 13 minutes left. Like, it gets where do you draw the line is is the question. But um, in general, I do think you should let players play. Just like, you know, there's a bunch of Jordan NBA Finals games where, like, he was obviously pushed off against Brian Russell. They let it go. Um, guys push off on him. They let it go. Like, it just seems to me like at the end of games where we're deciding NBA Finals or Super Bowl matchups, like, let's just let them play. Yeah, I mean, I, I think situational uh, calls is a very slippery slope um, because then things could, could get out of hand. My, my feeling on it is is like baseball, where, like, the umpire is going to have his strike zone. And granted, this I think this all should change. But I'm just saying, but, like, the umpire kind of sets his strike zone in the first inning and kind of tells the players what's a ball, what's a strike based on, you know, his calls early on. And just keep that, right? So whatever you were calling in the first inning, keep that in, in the ninth inning, right? Um and it shouldn't matter if it's a three zero count or 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 you know two you know one two count. Um, so you, you know I, I I don't like the idea of calling something differently in the fourth quarter than you were uh, in the in the first quarter. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what that conversation looked like. Um, for the most part, I think they did a good job. Like I I really, to be honest, that might have been the only. I think there was an offensive lineman call I didn't like. Um, but it was overall a well-called game. It just was unfortunate that, um, you know, that, that call altered the game. Um, cause he wasn't, well, catching let me, let me, let me, let me stop you there because I, yes, it was unfortunate that that penalty basically allowed the chiefs to milk the clock and really not give the Eagles the ball back after that. But to say that alter the game, the chiefs were still winning. The Chiefs scored on every offensive possession they had in, in the second half. I mean, like there there was a lot of other probably plays earlier in the game that the Chiefs or sorry, the Eagles defense did not step up to make that if they had made those, then they wouldn't even be in the situation, right? I mean, of Mahomes, course. you know, made a made a you know a great a great run for a first down. I mean, there was you, and, and 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 I give credit to the Eagles for not blaming, you know, the results of the game on that one penalty. But I you, like I think there there's a lot of other things that could that the Eagles could have done differently to to win that game and not let it come down to not not let it come down to that. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, there's this book called Scorecasting that talks about like if the call if the count in baseball is one and two, baseball umpires not purposely but like because they're social creatures and like want the uh, at bat to continue, they are more likely to call a ball on the next pitch then they are a strike because if you call a ball that play gets to continue in this situation i would have liked the referee to keep that flag in his pocket because that continues the game so say they it's third down chiefs get a field goal now they're up three we get more football to watch the eagles try and come back and tie it as opposed to this call the flag game's over we don't get more football and like you know, I think that the uh, Tim Donahue uh, Netflix documentary where uh, Phil Jackson and I think it was Donahue were recorded having a conversation and Phil Jackson's like, they, I mean, the NBA, like, they don't want you to make that call. And he's like, well, maybe. And Phil Jackson's like, yeah, but you can't make that call on Michael, right? And it's like, there's drama to this. Like, there is suggested outcomes that 
or at least just let the game continue. I'm not saying there are, you know, the, the NFL should want the Eagles to win, but like just let the game continue and let the, the drama unfold. Sure. Um, thank you for not using the S word because I'm so uh, yeah, sick no, of that. That's, uh, yeah, that's laughable. Um, uh, but um, Chiefs, you know, end up coming out victorious. Uh, the cut to Andy Reid, and he looks wet, but you di- we didn't see the the actual Gatorade bath, which uh, was, you know, one of the things I was looking forward to, especially after our conversation with Sammy. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll get to what it was in a second, but uh, pre-game on Sunday, the yellow-green color had moved to minus 135 like the there was it, it started out as like the second or third favorite at like plus 300 or plus 350 and moved to minus 135 by game time now mind you the eagles were minus 120 on the money line and so you know as sammy said and i think we all agreed it's like only if there was going to be a yellow green it was going to be on the eagles like i i did not think that the no one really thought the chiefs would be using a, a lime colored you know green colored gatorade even when they're playing the eagles right so it's like that just seemed crazy to me that the yellow-green odds were worse than the Eagles' money line odds. Um, yeah, I mean, that that was but, the Lane Johnson quote. Yeah. I right? didn't Ravel. I saw Ravel on, on Saturday. I went to his, he had like a, his promoting this kickstand alcohol beverage. We'll talk later about it. But um, he, uh, Ravel tweeted, I think, later Saturday, maybe Sunday, that like it was because Lane Johnson said in an interview that we are doing yellow, or at least like we have been doing yellow. And then... You know, if that's true, like if the Eagles are a lock to use yellow with a win, like factor in a 10% chance the Chiefs would use yellow. So I get it being a little bit, you know, heavier minus money than the Eagles money line. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're being generous on the time to 10%. I, I just, I, it's, if, if you're betting yellow, yeah, I don't know, if you're betting yellow green, you're betting on an Eagles win. So just take the minus 120. But, uh, either way, none of those things would have hit because it was purple at, at nine to one, which uh, I believe is the longest odds of Gatorade since they've been tracking it. Which I don't know when that when that actually is, but uh, um, yeah, huge huge upset upset of the night was uh, the purple the purple yeah. Gatorade. Um, and then just a couple uh, stats from from the weekend. Um, these are coming from GeoComply, which uh, basically is the geolocation provider for a lot of the big sports betting apps like FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, and just kind of shows just the ginormous growth of, of sports betting in this country. Um, there were 100 million geolocation checks conducted on Saturday and Sunday alone. That is a 25% increase from last year's Super Bowl weekend. Uh, there were 7.4 million new accounts created over the weekend. That's a 32% increase from last year. Um, more than 100,000 geolocation checks in and around State Farm Stadium, uh, which this being the first Super Bowl uh, held in a legal sports betting state. Uh, and then, of course, New York Empire State led the country with the most number of checks, almost 14 million uh, dur- during the weekend. Um, now, obviously, these these increases from last year are uh, a lot uh, helped a lot by the fact that new states like Ohio um, and a few other smaller ones uh, have come on board since the last Super Bowl. But does, does anything stand out to you there? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, New York since COVID, uh, so many of those people have moved to Florida, Texas. I'm sure a little bit of Arizona. Um, so that's that's awesome. They're they're still leading the charge. Um, yeah, I guess if you were to put a gun to my head, I would probably still lean a little bit 
um, New York, but I, you know, my, the counterpoint to that would be in the summer for sure, but so many New Yorkers go south anyway, pre COVID, um, during February. So that's interesting that they're still number one. Um, yeah, it would have been Illinois or Jersey would be, would be my guess. So, um, well, that's great. Well, I mean, actually, nothing... I, I have I have the uh, the other the other top three. Um, number right. two was Ohio, and number three was Pennsylvania. Wow, look at Ohio, oh, the the Philly thing, sure. Um, the Eagles being yeah. from Pennsylvania. Um, that's great. Ohio's already up there. We <laughs> we've been in Ohio for a long time. We know how Ohio feels about their sports, and uh, take it one step further. Sports betting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just one other stat from uh, from the Super Bowl. Uh, this is coming from Camby, uh, which is a uh, like a platform provider for a couple sports books, not not any like the, the real big ones, but uh, for uh, Bet Rivers and for Barstool. Although that is coming to an end soon, um, they said that same game parlays made up more than one third of all bets placed pregame through mm. through their Camby uh, sports books. Which, uh, as someone who you know came to this business in Vegas. <clears throat> I, I spent many uh, Super Bowls uh, working and, and just being around the, the you know, the festivities of, of Vegas pre, you know, PASPA. And first of all, and still to this day, there is no, there are no same game parlays in Nevada, right? Like, uh, and even during Super Bowl, um, it really, even when you, you know, they could, you know, create some for you and you could bet on it, it still was not a huge thing. And so um, it just still just, it's just mind boggling to me that like, how popular these these parlays have come and so you've got you know this huge menu of all these different props that you can bet right and yet still people are are kind of going back to that same you know let me parlay these anytime touchdown scores like the first touchdown score with like you know overpassing yards and all on all this stuff and just people love you know betting something at plus 132 is not that as interesting as is parlaying with two other things and trying to get seven to one on on, on your money um and it is just yet another reason why the sports books cleaned up on Sunday. Totally. Um, yeah, I mean, we would talk about it when you and I lived in Las Vegas. Like, there are ways to hang odds on that stuff to cancel out the correlation. It's like, just just put in some more VIG. And, you know, if two outcomes are correlated, they were so afraid of, like, hanging parlays on it just because, like, things might have been 10 or 20% correlated. They like, do just just increase the margin on, on the VIG that you're, you're taking and like, just hang it. Like people, you would, you would make that up with the handle that these people are going to bet. Like every single kid I know who bets on sports is, is betting same game parlays. Literally, I would say 90, 95%, let's say I'll, I'll take off 5% on that. 95% of my sports betting friends bet same game parlays. Cause it's just, it's totally entertainment. No, everyone is in agreement. They're horrible bets. Everyone is in agreement. I'm probably giving up a ton of vig on this. It's purely let me make this next three hours more enjoyable than betting the Chiefs at plus 105. Yeah. Um, so a cu- couple things. Uh, one, I, I agree with you that the Vegas bookmakers are always very scared about uh, a lot of people to parlay things that could be correlated. However, uh, I think when it comes to this, do not underestimate uh their mentality of well it's it, if it ain't broke don't fix it and um you know we've been doing this for x number of years so why layer in something different like i don't even think this idea even occurred to them that like they should even like even uh, try to do this thing it was just because totally. it, it, it didn't exist therefore why do we need it um 
totally agree. That, that would be my, my, my first thing. And then uh, the second thing is I, I literally think that part of the reason why they still, why it doesn't happen today, because they see the popularity of it, right? I think, you know, you, they probably dismissed it for a couple of years and now they see uh, the popularity of it. It's literally the technology. So not to get too into the weeds, but the Vegas, so like uh, a BetMGM, for example, right? They've got a Vegas sports book, uh, mobile sports book, then they've got sports books all over the country. It is a different app that you use for their, for BetMGM Nevada than you use for BetMGM other states. And the reason is that the, the, the tech that they were using got grandfathered in and it's this whole other different, like, to provide technology in that state, you need to be approved. And that process is extremely um, difficult and time consuming and expensive and no one wants to do it. So basically they are, every sports book in Nevada is, is using decades old technology and it literally just can't support it. Um, so I think that's also part of the reason why they don't offer it uh, today. But, um, but yeah, um, I, I, I sat in a meeting one time with this Vegas uh, yeah, I, I sat in a meeting with this Vegas sportsbook director one time, and, and I would put him in terms of like, like, towards the the top of ter- terms of like forward thinking uh, guys in, in Vegas. And this, you know, w- wasn't uh, related to what the meeting was about. But I was like, why? I was like, why don't you let people like um, parlay MLB division winners? Like, why can't I like parlay like the White Sox to win the AL Central with the the Dodgers win the NL West? He's like, well, he's like, you know, cor- the correlated stuff. I'm like, what does one have to do with the other? Like it. Like literally, there's there's absolutely no the, the White Sox winning one division has no effect on on the other division, and uh, yeah, it's 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 not 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 a great uh, state of affairs in that regard. Um, but speaking of same game parlays, I think one of the reasons why they're so popular is the amount of or the effort in which they push it to their customers, mm-hmm. right? I'm in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm signed up with all these sports books. Literally every day I'm getting multiple emails from different sports books saying, Hey, here's a free 10, you know, bet $10 same game parlay. And like, if it loses, you'll get $10 back or like bet a hundred, get a hundred. I mean, it's, it's all they push, right? It's not like, you know, bet aside. It's always not just any parlay. It, it's always same game parlays. And it, it's, it's really bad. I mean, it, it is, it is, if I, if you were a problem gambler and you were getting these things, they would be, or, you know, it's, it's, it's very it's kind of predatory. Um, and, you know, I think everyone who's lives in a sports betting state uh, is now aware of all the, the ads that you get, uh, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, just the TV ads everywhere, even if you're not in a sports betting state. And so um, last week, a, uh, a New York Congressman, Paul Tonko introduced a bill to ban sports betting ads uh, it would essentially treat betting like cigarettes and ban all advertise uh, all advertisements on any medium that is regulated by the FCC. So that's TV, radio, and internet. And essentially, sports books would only be able to advertise in print media, billboards, and snail mail uh, uh, mailers. Um, the congressman put out a fact sheet that pointed to terms like risk-free and no sweat bets as predatory and specifically called out DraftKings uh, for the fact that they spent $500 million in sales and marketing in 2020 alone and $400 million just in the first half of 2021. Um, I've been saying this from the beginning uh, in the sense that the U.S. is basically, or I should say the U.K. is about 10 to 15 years ahead of the U.S. in terms of maturity of the market. And a couple years ago, the U.K., uh, put a ban on sports books couldn't advertise during halftime of a soccer match because the match would go to halftime and then all it would be just six 
sports book commercials in a row saying, get your bets in for, for the second half. Uh, and so, you know, I think this bill has a small chance to pass, um, but I think it's the first sign of lawmakers starting to get really ticked off about the amount of sports betting as they're seeing. They're not the only ones. Lawmakers, myself, <laughs> no, um, you know, I, I get it. Um, it's nonstop. I will say, first of all, I missed the Gronk kick. How did that get? Was that on TV? Did you have to like log into FanDuel.com to see that? Nope. Like it was, it was literally, a, it was a 30 second commercial. I, I don't see it felt shorter than that, but the, it was during the third quarter, the literally cut to the field and, um, it was like you. I didn't even know. Like, like they, they gave you like no time to prepare for it, and it was just like, "Hey, here's Gronk. He's gonna kick a field goal." And from the <laughs> angle, it was like pretty dark out. And from the angle, it looked like he made it. And then they go, "Oh, he missed." And then it was it. And that was over. <laughs> okay, we, we literally saw. I must have saw that Gronk with the African American lady in the office and Rob like on the street of L.A. or wherever that was. I must have seen that commercial 150 times. And then I literally didn't even see the stupid kick. So, uh, well, that's sad. He missed it for all of the uh, all of us FanDuel customers. Well, no, it was it was like Gronk missed, but you'll still win. Like we're still giving away. I forget the oh, number. Still, it was, it was it, honestly, I, I I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, they're still giving away. Them. I mean, I I don't know anything, but I gotta imagine that's going to go down as or FanDuel's going to say that was that was not the most well executed uh, yeah. plan. Yeah, very weird. I think I only I must have peed for a minute and missed it. Um, but yeah, overall, not great commercials. I thought the uh, Jack Harlow one was the funniest one of the night. Um, but yeah, very annoying promo. And then the fact that it was just not well well done during the game was was uh, was interesting for FD. But I don't think uh, I don't think I saw a DK commercial unless they ran their traditional Kevin Hart one. They ran um, times. Yeah, I, I, I don't, they, they all get uh, j- j- jumbled up. But um, I mean, so do you like? I mean, this would be a death blow to. I mean, like, do, or I, sh- I should ask if if something like this were to pass, uh, whether this specifically or, or, or something similar. I mean, do you think this would like tremendously hurt sports books if they could no. not advertise no. uh, on TV? Because I have a feeling that like people want a sports bet, right? I mean people want to smoke cigarettes. Like they still yes. somehow find a way to, to go buy, you know, find out about cigarettes without any TV advertising. So it's like, do you think that the, the, the DraftKings and FanDuel, these major sports books would, would be tremendously hurt or people would still just go and, and, and find them? Tremendously. No hurt. Yes. Tremendously. No, no, they would, they would both still be billion dollar companies. Easy. DraftKings would have, you know, the, let's go back to 2021, early days. 2022 was one of the worst years for the stock market in a decade. But 2021, DraftKings market cap was $30 billion. They, They're still a 10 to $15 billion company. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it would it would hurt them, of course. Like, a, spend a, a billion dollars or spend $50 million in advertising a year. Like, of course, it's going to hurt your top line. But... Um, they're both still billion dollar companies, FD and DK. And obviously you can still, you're still going to get every time you walk into a brick and mortar casino, obviously you can do whatever you want on private property. So, you know, any inside of Vegas, you'd still be able to advertise all over the Vegas casinos to hey, a dollar at MGM at back in New York. Um, so hurt the, hurt the sports betting companies. Yes, but tremendously. No, I think people would still do it. Um, yeah. At- I mean, I, 
I would love to see something that like would would ban certain words and like would cause would like force them to get more creative with some of these yep. advertisements because yeah like it's 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 just a played out thing where it's just like get a risk free this or a sweat free that like um you know banning those words I feel like would would maybe just make them you know think outside the box in terms of well you know and not you know hopefully no more uh kicks or whatever but um yeah yeah no and, you I, know almost I would feel like this if they did ban yeah, good. I was just going to say, like, you know, DraftKings still is a sports book at TPC Scottsdale, so their their signage was all over uh, the whole golf tournament. They'd still have a sports book inside of Wrigley Field. FanDuel still is one of Meadowlands. Like, there, there's still some unique ways that you can get to customers. Like, Wrigley Field and, you know, <laughs> the Meadowlands are iconic places that a ton of sports fans go anyway. So they'd still get to customers. They'd be it – would, it would hurt them, to be clear. I'm not saying that, like, if this ban passed, which I don't think it's going to happen because those guys have – way too um they pay the lobbyists enough money to squash that um but and they have all they have a ton of team owners in bed with them now um but it would hurt them but i i, I don't think tremendously i still think they'd be multi, multi-billion dollar market cap companies yeah um i agree i, I almost feel like it would uh it would almost protect themselves from spending too much money uh on, on advertisement like all of a sudden they maybe DraftKings would become a little more profitable if if they if they weren't spending that much money but um right. like i said cigarette companies have, have found out a way uh so i'm sure they would figure out a way if something like this did pass but um with that being said let's get to uh let's get <laughs> to some sports betting uh it's, it's that time of the sh- uh, episode for uh steak or swap First up, uh, talk a little NBA. Uh, last week was the trade deadline, uh, and it was definitely highlighted by the uh, the move of, of Kevin Durant uh, to from Brooklyn to Phoenix. Um, you know, it's rare that I mean Kevin Durant's probably a top fifteen player all time, uh, so it's rare to see a guy like that get moved uh, during you know in season uh, in a trade. Uh, the Suns were uh, nineteen to one. Uh, before the news broke that night, uh, and then now they are the second favorite at plus four fifty. Uh, so that's a that's a huge move from nineteen to one to plus four fifty. I'll go first. I'm going to swap the Suns at plus four fifty. Um, now look, I I love Kevin Durant. He is one of the most malleable superstars he's out there. Meaning that like he's he can fit into different situations, unlike a lot of other superstars, where it's like. He can only play one way, and the and it has to move through them. Like, he, you know, he fit with the Warriors and what they were doing. Then he went to Brooklyn, and you know, he fit. Uh, you know, he was playing great there before he got hurt. So I, I think he can fit there, but um, I can't. I still can't think of an example of a team winning the championship that acquired like their best player in season, or like their sec, or, or even their second best player. Like, if a if a good team is rolling and they acquire like a like a like a role player, you know, oh, we, we need a three point shooting. Let's get a great three point shooter. Or like, you know, we got a, a great sixth man who's now going to come off the bench and give us a spark. Like, that's that's kind of what like I think pushes teams over the edge for championship. But like, I, I can't think of an example where it's like cool. Now we're just going to run the whole offense through through this new guy. Uh, now again, like I said, he's he can adjust, but. Um, for those reasons, I just I and 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 the injuries, right? Kevin Durant's currently hurt. He's going to come back in a couple of weeks, but like he could get hurt again. Devin Booker, he was hurt, just came back. Chris Paul's thirty-seven. He can get hurt at any time, and always seems to get hurt during the playoffs after like the, a, a whole season. So, um, 
you know, between injuries and just adding a new piece. Uh, and if you got, you know, 19 to one or, or higher before the trade, uh, and now they're plus 450, I am swapping the Suns right now. Yeah, no, that's it's an excellent point on um, on acquiring a superstar, you know, to drastically increase your win-loss record versus cruising and then add a role player to, like, you know, just throw some gasoline on the fire. Um, so I will also swap the Suns. Plus 450 is so low um, with the way the Boston Celtics have been playing. Um, you know, the, the Warriors, I know Steph's been hurt, but the Warriors were still single digits. Um, they'd of course have to play the Warriors to get to the NBA finals. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, and and to your point of, uh, Chris Paul's age, like I agree with all that. I would, I would also swap the Phoenix Suns. Um, I'm rooting for KD. I want him to show that he could do it on a team not named Golden State. Um, so I do like, I wish he would play the media game better, but like, he honestly generally seems like a good person. It seems like a nice guy. I love his philanthropic efforts. It's cool that he has a VC fund. Um, so I'm rooting for the guy. It's cool to see Phoenix go. We both are university of Arizona guys. I want Phoenix to succeed, but that's, that's a super fair point by Chris Paul's age and, um, the infrequency of teams acquiring a stud before the break and like just drastically improving their team. Like it takes so much time to gel. That's, you know, final point to this would be like when basketball um, superstars meet on the same team, it takes them so long to like figure each other's like shooting spots out and like when to pass versus when to shoot. Like James Harden and Joel Embiid still really haven't figured it out. It's like, I think that's their third season now together or maybe just season and a half. Um, But like it took Embiid, and James Harden so long to figure out that cohesiveness. It took the big three in Miami a while to figure it out. Like, um, it just, it's, it is a long road to feeling each other out and gelling superstars in the same team. So, um, for all those reasons, I will also, uh, swap Phoenix. Yeah. Um, just, just, just on that point, I was listening to a podcast and, uh, Raja Bell, who ironically, uh, used to play for the Suns, was talking about Steve Nash and how great of a point guard he was. And, through the years of playing with each other, Steve Nash not only knew where you wanted the ball on the court, but like literally like high, low, like we you know, like, and you know, I, like, you know, I, I'm running to the basket, but he's like, I, I, you know, he knew I didn't like it on this side of the basket. So he let me go like under the hoop to then to then mm-hmm. pass it. So like, I mean, granted Steve Nash is, is kind of one of a kind from the point guard, but just to your point about like the amount of time it takes to gel in terms of like where, you know, where the player wants you know, is the is best suited to take a shot. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I'll just add that uh, you said the Warriors are single digits. They're actually sixteen to one now. The, yeah. the Warriors are pre pre Curry injury, pre Curry injury. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean that just last thing, but like, yeah, the West is so jumbled up, and it's like, you know, yes, the Warriors are a little banged up right now. They're not playing, you know, great basketball. But if they all get healthy in the playoffs, that's not a team you want to see. Like, I, even if you have home court advantage, like there are some there's some other really good teams uh, in in the West. Um, switching sports, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little hockey. Um, the Bruins right now, uh, also one of the top favorites, uh, also plus 450. Um, Luke, we'll start with you first. Are you staking or swapping, uh, the Bruins at plus 450? Yeah, our first, uh, hockey staker swap here since I believe opening night. Um, we talked about the Bruins and the Golden Knights, I believe. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, plus 450 on a hockey team that has to go through so many seven-game series to win the Stanley Cup. Like, no, I am I am swapping plus 450 in the Boston Bruins. I, you know, the Avalanche look incredible, uh, as they did last year. Like, there's just, there's so many hoops to jump through. I, I'm not saying the Boston Bruins are a bad team, to be clear. Like, they're a good hockey team. But plus 450 in February with the Canes and the Leafs and the Lightning and the Oilers, like there's just such a gauntlet to go through. And then like, so Pasta is having, they call him David Pasternak, his nickname is Pasta. Like he has 72 points. That is out of control. I don't think that continues. He's a really good hockey player, but like, I think he reverts to the mean in the second half of the season. Marshan always gets hurt. He's got 46 points. David Krejci, they were ready to trade David Krejci a year and a half ago. So he's got 42 points. Bergie's got 38. Bergie's like, He's got to be like 36 by now. Patrice Bergeron, nicknamed Bergie. Um, the, I, the the X factor here, they added Taylor Hall last season. That was a really good addition. Like Taylor Hall is an excellent hockey player. He like added some young energy to the team. Like those top guys, Bergie, Pasternak, Marshan, have all been together for a super long time. To add in Taylor Hall to that lineup was really smart. Um, but again, just plus 450. You got to go through all those teams to get to the Stanley Cup. Like, I, I have to swap that number. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know if I mentioned, but they, they were twenty eight to one uh, before the season, right? So uh, there was definitely some some juicy uh, double digit numbers out there for the first month or so of the season. Um, I will say this in in their favor: uh, they are they are second in the league uh, in uh, in goals for and first in the league in in goals against. Um, yeah. So I mean, there is a reason right now why why they're why they're so favored. Um, but I will say this, and because I, I don't I don't I don't follow hockey as close as you do, but uh, this I think applies to a lot of other almost every other sport where there's something to be said about peaking too early. And so if they are playing their best hockey right now, like they are inevitably going to hit a slump and you don't want to hit that slump uh, in April and May. Uh, so um, it's, it's un it's unreasonable to think that they're going to sustain this for the rest of the season and into the playoffs. So um, I think they will hit a slump. And then I think that slump will uh, affect them negatively come playoff time um, when they're not playing their best hockey. So uh, I'm with you. I'm going to swap the Bruins uh, as well. Um, so um, a football officially in the books. It is now uh, time to start prepping for, for March Madness. Uh, definitely much more to come uh, about that tournament uh, in the coming weeks and then the Masters uh, and then uh, NBA and NHL playoffs. So um, not to fear, still plenty to talk about, tons to bet on, tons to sell. Uh, so thank you for joining us this week. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week.